Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, I'm Isabel, and. This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about trap. Anime characters versus trans anime characters. This is an important topic that's come up. Not only is it currently still Pride Month, and we know for a fact this episode will come out while it is still Pride Month, but as you, as any of you guys who might follow our Twitter, we have actually been uh, using it to spotlight a particular character from the Pride community uh, within anime every single day, uh, specifically whether it's, you know, bisexual characters or, you know, non-binary characters. And of course, that also includes trans anime characters. Unfortunately, on our trans anime character tweets, we have been seeing a lot of comments of people who are saying like, no, this character is a trap. It's not actually a trans character. And even people who aren't being cruel about it or posting it, you know, sort of like a joke with the gif of it's a trap sort of situation. Um, we do think it's really important for us to distinguish that there is a very clear distinction and difference between the so-called trap anime characters and um and trans anime characters and how it's actually pretty harmful to call a trans anime character a supposed trap and so um so this is what our topic today is dedicated to and we're going to do our best to dive as deep deeply as possible and as well as objectively as possible in regards to why this is important and why you guys should pay attention to this so Agnes is back again with her history homework, as we uh, always assign to her, since she is definitely the biggest history buffs amongst, amongst the three of us. And Agnes, if you can just start uh, kick us off right now with like, you know, your definitions that you have researched in regards to the term of trap regarding to anime characters, as well as maybe a, a good definition of trans characters slash like transgender people within society. Sure, I can definitely go ahead and do that. Just a note, though, because the word trap is such a recent term, and there's no real basis for it, I guess, other than it just pops up in a lot of anime media, and there's no, like, root in the internet meme culture. My history is actually a lot lacking in this area. The most that I can come up with is, like, terms and definitions based on conversations that I've had with people who are in the uh, trans community, and also my general knowledge from looking around. So, for a lot of anime fans out there, traps are more similar to cross-dressers or people who dress in drag rather than actual transgender people, mostly because they're popularized in anime Japanese media to dress up as the opposite sex. And often not, they are used kind of as like a weird plot device to tempt the protagonist into a romantic relationship as a setup or a trap, hence the word trap. Um, it's usually passed off as rather lighthearted comedy to laugh because you're just saying like, oh my gosh, lol, this straight protagonist is somehow having uh, some feelings or some conflicts with his with their sexual preferences. And usually the protagonist is male and they're setting them up with a, uh, a actually a male character who hides behind like a female persona or clothes. Um, but for the anime community, they sometimes associate the word trap with the overall genderqueer community or non-binary folks, meaning that anyone who doesn't remotely conform to 
the stereotypical like boy or girl that's seen in society, they're automatically can be seen as a trap. And that in itself is a little bit harmful because it actually is very harmful because uh, implying that certain characters or people are traps implies that they are maliciously doing a bait and lure tactic and and it becomes popularized in mainstream and it leads to a lot of trans people being falsely accused of doing that and also getting killed for it too when they go like on dates or they meet new people. So it's, it's a funny trope i guess in anime culture but at the same time it's not it it does come with some repercussions from people who are actually transgender Mm -hmm. and uh correct me if i'm wrong agnes but i think this term largely uh came from the western community like from my understanding this isn't really a word or uh, a particular theme that is used within like the japanese citizen citizenry and like you know japanese fans (laughs) Yeah, there's no real Japanese term for it, unlike other LGBTQ terms that do float around in Japanese media. Mm-hmm. Um, but the term trap is very strangely localized in the West. A lot of okay. anime fans know it more like, oh, they're a trap. But like, if you look at a lot of trap-presenting characters, like Astolfo or whatever, in anime, producers and um, creators won't outright call them a trap, I guess, in Japanese. So it's a little bit funky when it comes to the terminology. Interesting, interesting. I Also, another thing that I was just thinking to myself as you were defining particularly the definition for supposed trap characters is that they tend to be more associated with male characters that dress for that dress in female clothes rather than vice versa, female characters that dresses in male clothes. Would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I don't see there are there are reverse traps that do exist in the anime mainstream culture. But you think of you can probably count more than at least two traps that are actually male right off the top of your head without even having to like rifle through all of the um, all of the archives of what anime has come out already. Mm Yeah, because I was just thinking to myself today because I had just watched the most recent uh, Pretty Boy Detective Club episode and in there, the main character who is a female dresses as a guy and refers to herself as a guy because she's part of a club that's, you know, for boys specifically. It's called Pretty Boy Detective Club for a reason. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? Like, she technically fits the official definition of a trap because she sounds and looks like a boy and she dresses as a boy and she refers to herself, you know, as a boy, even even though she even though she personally identifies as a girl for the sake of, you know, the culture of the club slash like being part of the shenanigans that she wants to be part of, she addresses herself as a boy. I'm like, she checks all the box for a supposed trap character. And yet people never call her a trap. They seem to be able to accept it that she is a girl who likes to dress in boy clothes and has assumed a boy's identity for the sake of the shenanigans that she wants to be part of. Yet the minute that a boy character does that, it's like trap, trap, trap. Like that term is used everywhere. Like why do you guys think there is just such a discrepancy between these two? Right, I'm not so sure why that happens. Uh, You're right, in other anime that I see, maybe a girl dresses up in a formal suit and maybe has short hair or ties her hair up and it's still, they're still identified as female rather than kind of, having that uh i guess re- like reverse trap or things like that whereas the, for a boy there's a, a, like another standard that you know if they're dressing up like this then yes they're absolutely a trap but they're trying to 
lure someone in when they're not really going to. They're trying to probably just express themselves or they feel more comfortable in those clothes. Um, but it's kind of odd that we're only able to identify those rather than females dressing up as boys. Maybe they're, you know, uh, protecting their identity or something. They usually have a purpose. Um, whereas yeah, the males, it's usually a don't. purpose. Mm-hmm. So like if we're taking the example of like Haruhi from Orin High School Host Club, right. she has a reason why she has to present herself as male. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why is because she has a debt to pay for the Orin High School host. <laughs> or her, so there's but- a purpose. Um, and then I think the same way goes for in Pretty Boy Detective for at least the protagonist. She wants to join this club and so she has to conform to it. And there doesn't seem to be a romance implication when it comes to it. And in an Orin High School host club, all of them know that she's female straight off the bat in episode one. But because she has a debt to pay, they're like, okay, well, you can stay. Versus in traps that are shown in anime i guess like a lot of mainstream media likes to harp on the sexual preferences and possible mm-hmm. romance slash ship that come between the characters I and see. it's like heavily hinted more and that's when it becomes really kind of dangerous mm-hmm. for i guess like when the trans community looks at it in that way yeah versus like you said if if you're just looking at it as a character who just prefers to cross dress but first to call themselves male and they have like a purpose to be wherever that they need to be and assume the certain form or presentation, no one's going to call them a trap, really. They're just going to call them like a cross-dresser or like a drag or they're dressing in drag or maybe that they're they're actually transgender in that sense. I will also say, though, before we move on to the other important terminology for our episode today is that as a whole, women dressing in men's clothes, even in real life, is not considered a big deal. For example, uh, more and more women nowadays are wearing suits on the red carpet and, you know, people barely blink at it. They just say, wow, she looks hot in that suit, you know, or oh, she looks so good in that suit. And it's considered like a fashion choice that is honestly not a big deal. And it's more of like a personal, wow, she looks good in that particular fashion choice. While men who identify as men but choose to dress a little girlier, choose to dress, you know, with more flair, with more color, um, you know, obviously two of the easiest ones that come to mind is Harry Styles, who uh, who was on Vogue in a dress sort of situation, um, who was on Vogue in a dress, it becomes a humongous deal. And so it's really interesting how it's like girls can wear men style clothes and barely anyone blinks an eye regardless of guys or girls. And then, but the minute that a guy does it in a, in a girl's uh, fashion style, then suddenly it's like both sides are, are seeing it and making a big deal out of it. It's just really interesting how there's this strange dichotomy difference between these two, even though objectively, when you look at it, the only thing that changed is just the genders got flipped, but the actual action itself isn't different. Um, right. Yeah. And, it, and I guess like it harkens back also like, you know, how like uh, traditional Scottish uh, dress is also men wearing kilts too. Mm-hmm, yes. No one, people still kind of like blink and being like men in a skirt, but it's like, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a traditional thing. Yeah. Um, but people still have this misconception that men must always wear pants, I guess, mm-hmm. and they can't express themselves anymore by being like more flair, more dresses, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, well, with that being said, so this is the official definition of a trap. It's a, it, for particular in the case of anime, we're talking about anime characters who do not identify differently from the gender they are born with, but they like to, they either like to or made a particular choice to dress up in clothes of the opposite gender and for a particular situation 
might be might be selling themselves off as either a girl or a boy, but at the end of the day, their actual gender identity is uh, is by all means uh, insinuated to be focused on the gender that they were created with slash born with. So there we have a trap anime character and also a very harmful term because of what the word trap insinuates, especially for transgender people. So with that being said, Agnes, go ahead and define to us what transgender people are. Sure. So transgender people are individuals whose identity, gender identity is different from the gender that they were assigned to at birth. So let's say when you were born, the doctor told you that you were male, but for most of your life, you felt very uncomfortable being presented as male and you have a desire to become female or the opposite sex. Uh, Transgender people are colloquially also known as trans people. But with the transition of going from one gender to another, there are very specific terms. So when you say trans man, it usually infers they were born originally female, but then they transitioned to become male. Trans woman is originally male and transitioned to female. There's also another term called transsexual, but that is an outdated term. It was the original term coined in 1921 through a successful German surgical procedure to change the gender of a particular patient, but it's been rejected by the trans community because transsexual perpetuates a lot of old stereotypes between like the 1920s up until like the current era and they they no longer use that term Mm -hmm. to refer to transgender people and uh you know and also just because a character might not have gone through that you know particular surgery um you know a medical transition per se that doesn't keep them from um from being transgendered right (laughs) yeah that's absolutely right because transgender uh the the surgeries and the hormonal medication that comes with it is very very costly like many medical procedures in the west and in addition there are many laws in state that might bar in certain individuals from achieving that so a lot of people are more okay with either kind of like socially transitioning which is a more recent term to describe people who decide to dress themselves a certain way reuse different pronouns request people to change the way that they address them or they want to be represented as let's say Mm non-binary so that in a way is uh, a way to is another end game for them if having surgery is not something they desire okay perfect so with that being said this is a an anime podcast, so let's go into anime. Um, in particular, today we will be comparing between three uh, quote-unquote trap anime characters and three quote-unquote uh, transgender anime characters, and you will we will compare and contrast them, so hopefully the listeners who before couldn't really tell the difference between them will be able to see that distinct line that separates these three characters from each other. So let's start with probably one of the most famous uh, trap characters in existence, Astolfo from the Fate series. Uh, both of you two know about him, right? Hi, <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. All right. So um, I'm not as familiar with the Fate series as you guys know, but even I'm aware of him because I have seen pictures of him. I've seen clips of him. I think he's really, really cute. And 
from his language and his dialogue, I could see that he very much refers to himself as a boy, sees himself as a boy, but he just really likes to dress up in pink frilly clothes. And so, but that's the extent of my understanding of him as a character. Can you two, like, you know, educate me in regards to, you know, Astolfo's character? What is he like? And, um, and sadly how he, I think he really perpetuated the, uh, the, the, the trap trope and the, kind of confused a lot of people in regards to trap first transgendered characters. Oh god, where do I begin? Um Astolfo if Astolfo remained as he was in the Apocrypha series, both mm-hmm. from the light novels and the original anime, I would have no problem with that. I okay. respect men who decide to wear pink, be more frilly. But with the fake community being a little bit dubious at times. Okay. <laughs> and also the fact that a lot of the, the fandom is really kind of obsessed with Ostalfo being a trap. It leads to the game creating a skin for Ostalfo wearing like a maid outfit, like a short oh. maid's outfit. Um, and so that puts me on very conflicting lines of respecting Ostalfo for wanting to dress more expressively to being kind of like a subject of obsession within the fandom mm. as a trap. And that leads to a lot of very, very non-con material that I don't want to touch (laughs) with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, like, it's fine if they're a trap, but because in the, the, in the light novels that I read, the translated light novels, and also within the anime, there's no romance implication with Astolfo. Right. Astolfo's there, he saves Sig Mm -hmm. from the tank. And helps him become an actual servant within the war. But in a lot of the game, in the lot of FGO game material, and also a lot of the comics and things like that, it starts to cross a very fine line. Oh, interesting. What about you, Isabel? Like, what is your experience with him as a character? Yeah, I think my experience would definitely be closer to yours. I, I didn't watch uh, the FG, uh, that series of The Fate, but then um, I did watch some clips. So I just thought... I can see why people saw him as a trap, obviously, because, you know, he dresses up very prettily, and I feel like it would raise a lot of questions, but, I mean, it, at the end of the day, he is uh, one of the um, uh, servants that fights, and he there's no, like Agnes said, there's no romance or anything like that, so I, I feel like most people should just see him as really just a servant who's able to fight and d- dresses up a little bit differently and maybe, you know, attractive in some sense, but... Um, that's pretty much all the thoughts I have on him, honestly. So here's my question then, because I actually, based on the little knowledge I have of Stoffel, I thought he was really cute and I really liked him as a character because I was like, he is a confident man who really likes to dress in pink, lacy, frilly clothes and he looks absolutely gorgeous in it, so why the heck should he not do so? And he makes it clear and over and over again that he very much identifies as the male gender that he was born with. And so, um, and so I thought he was really cute and sweet and everything about him points to a good character but the internet absolutely exploded with him when the series first came out and like and there's there were of course obviously people who adored him because of that fact that he was so confident in dressing up in these so-called girly clothes but then there are other ones who are just like obsessed with him on a whole different level but like why is that when the anime essentially portrayed him as that non-problematic material at that time I think it's just because it's more widespread and it's more public. Anime is a lot more accessible than jumping straight into the FGO games. And 
people would be more intimidated trying to jump into FGO and learn about the community and the and all the fighting and the strats and things like that. Versus watching the anime, you know, people would just see it outright. They'd be like, oh, that's a trap. Wow. And then they kind of like just dive into it, I guess. It's their first exposure to Astolfo versus a lot of the FGO community has known about Astolfo for quite some time. Because I think, I don't remember when Astolfo came out, but he has two skins. Oh, two different skins. So one is... um the one that he usually was it was another one yeah like a dark, so darker version the, or mm-hmm. no so the uh so you have the main version the rider class one and then you have another skin i don't remember if it was another it was a sep- oh it is a separate unit it's a separate unit with him as a saber but he's wearing a maid costume outfit that's the one that i was talking about earlier oh. so that's where it kind of like starts to cross a very fine line because it's like do the devs support it or like is are they supporting people who dress up willingly and expressively as as, as they fit or they're trying to kind of pander towards a community that's kind of edging towards the abyss (laughs) i see i see you know what this kind of reminds me of though is i do think a big reason why that this uh, character has made such a splash is that we got a lot of guys who find themselves very attracted to the way that astolfo is drawn and portrayed and animated yeah and they don't feel comfortable with the idea of him being a guy who very much identifies as a guy and and feeling attracted to that sort of behavior and that sort of character and so they kind of feel compelled to say well he's a trap you know he lured us in that's why you know that's why we feel these things sort of thing and and, and I, they kind of like validate themselves that way too yes, like yes mm-hmm. you could just like the character for the, who they are yes <laughs> yes and i think and that actually reminds me of the second trap character that is on our list today which is felix from re-zero do you two know about him uh, through images, yeah. So I'm aware of how he looks like. Okay, what about you, Isabel? Same thing, only aware of how he looks like. <laughs> okay, so Felix as well comes out, and I I also adore Felix. Felix actually has quite a bit of importance to the storyline and is a very uh, is a very powerful and interesting character. But Felix is a cat boy, but he is a cat boy who likes to, to add nyan to his little uh, dialogue because he thinks it's cute and he likes to wear dresses and put on a little bows in his ears and stuff like that because he thinks it looks cute and he likes looking cute and feeling cute while on top of being an incredibly incredibly powerful character and at the same time very loyal to um to the lord who is actually a lady um to the lord that he has um pledged loyalty to and wants uh, wants them to become the ruler and um and also forges really close relationships with a lot of the supporting characters and Subaru and so Felix is by no means defined only by his incredibly cute looking character design but it is without question that a lot of guys felt very very attracted to Felix when he first showed up because he seemed like the typical Nyan cap girl only for him to reveal that he is very much a guy and also a guy that he um identifies as and even Gigak has made like a because Giga likes to make more comedic vi- m- videos and he even made a video about how Felix is like oh I'm a guy and then uh, Gigak is pretending to voice Subaru and he just goes no you're not no you're not because it's so terrifying that you know this adorable pretty character is actually a male character who is born male and identifies as a male and so um and so here's the thing that interests me though is I feel like 
girls don't struggle with that as much. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like for girls, when we see another girl character that we either find incredibly handsome or incredibly hot, like it doesn't bother us that we are so enamored with this female character. We just love that female character for who she is and as she is. It doesn't really disrupt us the same way that guys feel when they figure out that this um, this more feminine looking uh, male character is actually male. And so um, and so that is like another thing that I find really interesting in regards to the whole trap first trans narrative that has come up because it's like, I feel like it's a majority of guys who feel really uncomfortable with um, the idea of being of finding like, you know, another male character attractive when they're dressed prettily and they act very cutesy and genki. When girls have been feeling pretty normal about the fact that they find certain female characters really attractive or really cool or like when they're maybe more masculine or dress a little more masculine and, you know, supposedly act a little more quote unquote masculine. And so um, I guess like, do you guys agree with me in that assessment? Because I definitely I I think that's another reason why there's just such a huge difference between these male characters dressing all frilly and cutesy and girly versus the female characters who dress a lot more manly. Yeah, for me, it definitely catches my interest uh, when I see characters like that. Mm -hmm. For me, I just think, oh, you know, they're dressed up differently. Maybe it's a little bit more feminine, you know, than I'm used to, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, They catch my interest in that. I I wonder, you know, why they might dress that way. So that character kind of stands out to me, actually, because of how decorated they might be. Yeah. But I definitely don't, you know, associate them with being a trap. I wouldn't label that. I would just be like, oh, it's just a different character in the anime Mm -hmm. and kind of move on from that. And the same thing with girls as well. If they dress up as a guy, I feel like it's also kind of, it has a more, uh, I guess, I would think of it as more cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. it's just associated that way. That if girls, you know, cross dress as guys, for some reason it turns cool. They do then, look cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I say that. Yeah, I mean, so you look hard. at all the cos- <laughs> you look at all the female cosplayers cosplaying as male, and you're just like, wow, that looks really cool. Yeah, or no, wow, they yeah. look really hot. <laughs> like I feel like we have such girls have such major respect when we can see a woman cosplay as a male character, we're like, wow, like you pulled Absolutely, that off. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Of like it doesn't bother us at all. And I'm sort of like, you know, obviously we're not going to get an official answer here because we are just talking about it right now. But I am really curious as to why, like why, like why is it that girls seem to have less of an issue sort of reconciling that fact while guys, you know, have like a bigger gap to pass. I think it might be because of fashion trend choices at the end of the day as well and how fashion has evolved from like the 1900s and onwards where you have people like Coco Chanel like really supporting women like wearing more suits or something that's more like sleek and more professional Mm -hmm. versus like the men's fashion spectrum I guess is very narrow it's very very small you have like you most I guess like throughout the ages men will be wearing like tunics shorts trousers um, vests and things like that and coats but you don't really expand outward out of that which is why like when men I guess see other men wearing different types of clothing or like or clothing that is more towards like the quote-unquote female spectrum they're confused they're like wait am I supposed to feel something with this versus women's uh, fashion trends has been stretched out uh, for a much larger spectrum in the past like few decades or so so people are more receptive towards that compared to men Okay, I think that's a that's such a good answer. Um, oh my gosh, because there's like this there's a there's a really cool uh, 
Tum uh not Tumblr Twitter account that I follow about a LGBT um scientist and he's like wearing like a dress and stuff like that too and I'm just like wow he looks great he looks fantastic <laughs> yeah but some people might some people might be like oh my god why is he wearing a dress you know it's like <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. And it's like he looks fabulous though and I, come on and I think that's why it's a little sad when I see you know characters like Astolfo and especially Felix because I genuinely adore Felix as a character um you know just get rendered down to you know their traps and their traps and I'm like what are you talking about they're beautiful they're beautiful they have great personalities and they're really really interesting so why should we only focus on that when there's like they're basically a whole package I mean of course I can't speak for Astolfo as much because I not part of the fate series and i was never into it but at least definitely I mean, for felix i am <laughs> <laughs> i mean as much as i dislike the fate of walk series for many other story writing reasons astolfo is important he's the only reason why sieg is alive in the first place to start the story of fate apocrypha anyway so without astolfo we would have no apocrypha to begin with yeah, no, so that's good to hear. Yeah, it's just, it's sad that that's all they get rendered down to. And I'm like, they're just, they're so much more. Like, you know, they're more than just these type of characters. Um, our final one as like, uh, as part of the sort of trap uh, anime characters is Ritsu from Fruits Basket. I think Ritsu is uh, treated a little differently from the other two. One big reason is the fact that uh, Fruits Basket has a much larger uh, female fan base. I'm not saying the other two do not have female fan bases. They absolutely do. But Fruits Basket did start out as a shoujo manga. And shoujo manga are particularly marketed towards girls. So it literally starts off with just more girls being exposed to this material. But Ritsu is also another good example of a trap because he does make it pretty clear that he is a boy and he recognizes himself as a boy. He just really, really likes to wear women clothes. He just thinks women clothes are more comfortable. And um, in an actually a very cute uh, segment, uh, Kagura would often um, lend Ritsu a lot of her dresses and her skirts because he just wants to try them on and she was like yeah why not you know sort of thing and so um and so Ritsu is a character that takes place in a more mild um more grounded sort of storyline who um who looks like a girl because he's very very feminine and you know dresses like a girl but ultimately still is a guy and calls himself a guy and addresses him himself as such as a guy and so which once again goes back to the whole definition of trap characters. Trap characters are characters who who identify as their own gender that they were born with, but just like to dress or just are naturally born sometimes with the more uh, for with the look that is of the opposite gender itself. And they are just as important and complex and interesting as anything else. They shouldn't ever be just rendered to the idea of them supposedly baiting and luring other people into believing they're the other gender. I like with honestly with our discussion of like, you know, these characters and like their meaning to the story as well as, you know, the harmful stereotypes that they're that they have accidentally perpetuated thanks to the thanks to the fandom in the community. I almost kind of want to just retire the word. Like, is it just me or <laughs> Oh yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Yeah, like, cause, cause my other thing is like they're not, cause all three of these characters they're not purposefully trying to leer or bait in anyone. They're just living their life, like, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, they're just trying to do what they're doing, like 
you mentioned Ritsu, like he was working with his family and then, you know, Toru comes along and they just visit. So he's just doing normally. He wasn't trying to, I guess, you know, um, go after guests or something like that at the yeah! end for his uh-huh. family. So he's just trying to do his job. And also it is for him, I also feel like it's kind of a personal thing because he feels that he feels more comfortable in women's clothing and and he's just curious. He just wants to try them out and see how it fits, and it's fine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So from here on out, let's just like for the three of us personally, like I'm done with using that word. I think these characters should exist as they are because that's all they're doing is they're existing as they are. They're not trying to lure anyone or trick anyone in regards to the way they dress and the way they talk and the way they act. It's just this is who they are as people and they have their meaningful impacts on the story themselves. And it's really just not fair to render them into this term that has unfortunately Unfortunately, perpetuated a lot of negative stereotypes. So that's my own proclamation. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the uh, to the other part of this episode, which is let's actually dissect and talk about these transgender char- anime characters that has shown up and show you guys uh, very clearly, whoever's listening, on why they should not ever be um, they should not ever be claimed or called. A trap, and even those people who uh, do it with well-meaning intentions, and that you guys are making a joke, you absolutely are not trying to demean them, and you guys are are not meaning to uh, say anything bad about them, and how like you know it's dangerous to call them these things, and so um, because it's important to their characters that they are trans. So our first one is Lily from Zombieland Saga, who is a transgender girl zombie. Um, That's an interesting combination that I don't think we're going to see coming anytime soon anywhere else. And so um, have any of you two watched Zombieland Saga? I I did. I watched a good portion of season one. Okay. And you did as well, Isabel? No, I personally haven't. Mm -hmm. Okay. You haven't, but you've heard of it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So Agnes, why don't you tell us then about Lily's situation and like what makes her specifically a transgender anime character? I think from what I remember, because watching season one was so long ago, I actually haven't caught up with season two. From what I remember, Lily was hit by a truck, like many of the other girls within Zombieland, within the Zombieland series. But she had a life where she was born male and visibly got upset whenever her, uh, I guess, bodyguard, was it? Her father? Bodyguard? Mm, I think her father, baby. I actually, I'm her not father. entirely sure. The man, the man in her life, mm. right? The man that's like a constant in her life would, re- would call her a boy or use male pronouns with him. And she got visibly upset with that and insisted as she was reincarnated as a zombie that her name was Lily and that she was a girl and would wear all the girly clothes like the rest of the cast would wear whenever they go on idol shows. And what's particularly striking about this that I guess is different from the tr- the the other characters we mentioned, I don't know what else we would call them because they were previously labeled as traps, uh, but Lily insists throughout the series to be called a girl and that they identify themselves as female and not male, which is very different from, like, Astolfo or Felix, who said, like, oh, yeah, I'm male, and uses male pronouns very freely, especially in the Japanese context, where boku and watashi are very, very distinct. Okay, yeah, that is really important. I think there was even, like, because I didn't watch Zombieland Saga, but I saw clips 
wasn't there like a whole segment about when Lily had when she was alive, she was starting to grow body hair, like where like yes, and, and it, she it was, absolutely yeah yeah okay. she absolutely she actually died I think upon seeing that she was growing body hair, wow. uh, which is oh. although that is not necessarily a male uh not symptom uh, uh part of male puberty growing as females also grow body hair as well it is a uh it is a it's part of our genetic code to grow body hair to protect ourselves similar to like fur on animals but the fact that lily probably got really scared thinking like what if i become hairy in the future rather than just being male uh, a male who just doesn't grow as much hair and she died from it <laughs> she basically fainted at the sight of body hair and just wow. died which i thought was hilarious yeah <laughs> it's like hilarious but also really sad at the same time like <laughs> yeah it really shows how like a lot of trans people feel like there's a word called gender dysphoria feeling that they aren't in the body that they envision themselves to be in and for Lily to freak out over this body hair really shows that she was not satisfied being in the body that she has, having, you know, like, uh, male genitalia parts and other parts of male puberty. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Isabel, I know, like, you know of the character. I'm cur- sort of curious, like, what did you think of the character when you first heard about it and stuff? Right, when I first, you know, just heard about Zombieland Saga, I didn't, I, I just assumed all the characters were girls, but when I heard that Lily was trans, um, I thought that was interesting, and then also just listening to Axe's explanation about it, I feel like her, uh, she has a character, you know, proclaiming that, that she, kind of inventing a new identity for herself, but also getting closer to her real identity is what, is what she really wants, right? So she definitely wants to show herself in this way, wants to join the group in this way, and um, just interact normally, to be honest, and just make sure that everyone knows, you know, who she is, and um, I feel like that's pretty much, and then pretty much everyone just accepts her for it. I don't think there was anything um, that said that she doesn't belong or anything like that. So yes, that was nice. really nice, actually, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Like, the fact that all the characters yeah. seem to just embrace it and be like, yeah, or maybe it's because they're all zombies, so it's a little hard to be pickier <laughs> by then, but, you know. <laughs> You're all dead. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we're already dead, which is kind of stupid for us to not be accepting of it, but it was really nice to see that. I do remember that. Yeah, no, I think Lily is... Uh, Lily got quite a bit of a ruckus in the anime community because of the fact that uh, Zombieland Saga has quite a bit of a male fan base, and once again, they were having, they were struggling with the fact that um, they're struggling with the fact that Lily is a trans character. What do you guys think about this particular complaint? Because we did see it on some of our tweets, which is the fact that Lily at no point in time properly exclaims herself to be a transgender girl zombie like because it's like it's like you said in the story is that she wants to be called girl pronouns she gets really unhappy when she gets referred to her male identity um she saw her body hair growing absolutely freaked out from it and died from it and now she just wants to be known as lily and yet people are still like but she never said she's actually transgender like what do you think about that critique I would say, like, it's a fair critique only because they're pointing out that the creators don't have enough balls to to say that she's transgender. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But uh, on the flip side, it's kind of like a lot of transgender folk don't want to, or at least the ones that I talk to, they don't want to make so much of a big drama or ruckus 
um, compared to more and perpetuate the idea of like having being a part of a toxic community. Mm. And they would just want to be who they want to be without having to proclaim every single sentence. I'm transgender, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's like, you know, you want to be subtle. You want to be local. You want to be normal mm-hmm. with these, for uh, people who are transgender. So if they insist that they be called certain pronouns, just, just go with the flow with it and then just accept that, okay, maybe they're genderqueer or maybe they're transgender and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need them to explicitly tell you because there's probably uncovering a lot of things that they don't wish to think about mm-hmm. at the moment. Yes, I agree. Uh, what about you, Isabel? Yeah, I feel that it's kind of more of an acceptance and so also um, just being unfamiliar with that type of character. You don't see you know that type of character too much in other anime series, so I feel like for most of the fandom, it's hard to accept, or if it's pointed out, it's a topic worthy of discussion or things that go back and forth because it's so different and some people might not accept it or people still don't understand it in a sense. And yeah, and like Agnes said, for trans people especially, they don't want to make it known. It's not really because they will become center of attention and the people will be talking about them or things like that, um, which you already see with anime characters in themselves. So it kind of represents society as well as what we think and um, that we, you know, make it known to more people and kind of have those discussions moving forward. So we have more acceptance or understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Perfect. Um, so we'll move on to our second trans character, which is actually a fairly recent trans character, but uh, his name is Karu, and he's from Wonder Egg Priority. He is a trans boy who, um, in my opinion, had one of the best episodes of the entire series. Don't at me for that. I will fight you. <laughs> so, um, and so basically, he was also very, very important to the storyline. Both of you two are caught up to Wonder Egg Priority, correct? Yes. I personally haven't. I'm waiting for the last episode so I can kind of binge to watch the rest of the half. Oh, so. no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Karu yet? <laughs> Not yet. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Are we I'll like... I'll meet him soon. I feel like we're spoiling things then in that case. Oh, no. It's fine. I've I've already read things on him, so we're good. Okay, if you're sure. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, so Karu comes in from Momoe. So Momoe and one of her, um, you know, eggs that she cracks is uh, is Karu, who she has to defeat the, you know, trauma slash monster that Karu had to face. And Karu is a trans boy who admitted to the fact that she feels like a boy. She senses herself as a boy to one of her teachers that she really trusted And the teacher absolutely did not buy it whatsoever, saying things like, oh, but you're so cute. You're so pretty. Like, why would you think you're a boy or stuff like that? Completely disregarding his feelings regarding the matter. And did some other stuff that we're not going to cover on the episode explicitly because that can be a whole other topic on its own. And it is quite triggering in this regard. But to say the least, Karu did not get the time of day that he deserves. And he ended up, um, and he ended up unfortunately committing suicide over his trauma. And so, um, and so when Moe meets him, this was a big arc for Moe as well, because Moe is a masculine looking girl. She is a girl. She identifies as a girl, but she likes to keep her hair short and her, um, and her body is a little more athletic and looks, she's tall, she has broad shoulders, so she looks a little more masculine, and she wears clothes that are a little more masculine as well, except she is very much a girl and identifies as one, so she has been dealing 
with her own self-image issues of a lot of people just assuming that she is a guy because of the way that she looks and the way that she dresses versus Kaoru who very much identifies as a guy and is a transgender boy but doesn't get the same treatment because he was physically uh biologically born with um born with uh physical attributes that makes him look very pretty and makes him look like a girl or and stuff like that and so um as you can see this is why their arcs are very integrated with each other but Kaoru was is a big hit within the anime community when he comes out when he came out and honestly like I don't think there's a lot of transgender boys in anime or media as a whole like would you agree like most of the times when we see transgender characters they tend to be transgender women or transgender girls that is a very good point yeah I'm trying to think I've personally feel like I've seen both kind of okay. equally okay both in real life, like the people that I know, and um, mm-hmm. I guess maybe people that I follow on YouTube that I've seen, I've seen both definitely either a transgender girl or boy. Mm-hmm. But what about like oh oh in real life? Yeah. Uh, but what about media? You know, like what about like stories, like shows, and you know, movies and books and anime? Like I would say it's easier to come up with transgender women slash transgender girl characters than transgender um, men slash boys, right? Or yeah, actually, I would agree with that I, though. Definitely, and I think it's probably mm-hmm. it's probably because the the word like because they're originally female and transitioning to male either socially or medically is rather blurred between the lines of dressing up more masculine or being more tomboy. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see as much representation just because it's not as blatant compared to uh, being a trans woman. But then that, again, kind of boils down to a lot of the internet and media fetishizing the trans woman trope compared to the trans male trope. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. Well, either way, Kaoru is a transgender boy that we got to see, unfortunately, as a spirit and not so much as a living uh, as a living character. But his story about how he got pushed aside and, you know, being told like, oh, but you're so pretty. Like, why would you feel like a boy and stuff like that is unfortunately something that a lot of transgender boys actually face. And um, but I will say, like, he does make it very explicitly clear in the anime. I was born biologically as a girl, but I I identify as a male. I identify as a boy, you know, and like, you know, calls himself Boku and um, and, you know, sees himself as a guy and even says, like, you know, Momoe, wait for me when I reincarnate because I want to date you sort of thing because he finds Moe, the the girl who um, who helped him very attractive. And so that was really, really cute. Um and so I absolutely love Karu as a character and as a transgender character representation. Uh, what about you two? Oh, absolutely. I thought that was the highlight of watching Wonder Egg Priority, just because it was so, it was so, the creators had balls to do it. Yeah. <laughs> they went forward with it. I, I, I cuss a lot on this podcast. I really should stop. Um, they had a lot of guts to do it. This they had a, a lot of guts. space for us girls, which includes all the cussing. So. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had a lot of uh, they took a lot of creative freedom with Kaoru. They could have gone a lot of different ways, including the more problematic ways that are addressed in uh, Wonder Egg Priority. But they also did it in a way that it was very wholesome, very aesthetic, and also very like motivating as well. And so I think that was like a great point for the trans community, just having Kaoru take the spotlight for that. Mm-hmm. 
And what about you, Isabel? Even though we just spoiled it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard. I had read about the, you know, his story, and from what I've seen, Wonder Egg Priority. I feel like you know the show is definitely down to earth um, with all its messages and things like that. So I definitely want to see it in the future. Um, but I feel like as a character, I hope, I hope he definitely has, um, I guess, a part in the ending. Ooh, that's gonna be hard. I, unfortunately, I don't think he will. That would be amazing, though. So I, I definitely think that's like probably the one critique I would have is that he did not last long enough. Like he should have, like, like once I saw him, I'm like, you should just stay forever, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> that's right. Then I'll just look forward to his episodes. I assume it's like a backstory type thing, or at least uh, a character spotlight. So. So I do remember this, and I think Agnes, as you pointed out in one of our like Wonder Egg rants that we were having back in winter with the fact that, you know, they were picking girls in society who committed suicide to spotlight and like sort of go into the reasons as to why, which was also a good hit as to how society is sort of stacked up against girls. But the fact that he is a transgender boy and he got grouped in with these girls got some form of critiques to it um do you remember uh when you pointed that out as well i think you were the one who said that you saw critiques to that critiques in the fact that they're shoehorning in girl problem stereotypes rather than boy problem stereotypes as well no more like they put him in as a uh, as a group of here are girls who committed suicide and oh yes because it's the the aka and the the uraka discussion about that yes, right yes exactly ah yes, yes 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 i remember now yeah so wondering priorities odd in that sense because there's a lot of focus about girls committing suicide in japan but then they shoehorn in Kaoru is a character who presents himself as male, but uses the basis of his former past as female to kind of create like that societal discussion about transgender, which is, yes, you could, but also, mm, I don't know, man, he's he's male. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I think my one rebuttal to that critique, uh, by the way, I do think that's an absolutely fair critique. I think the only thing we need to consider for this, and I'm hoping this is what the creators were gunning for, you know, when they included Kaoru in this group, is the fact that transgender men and transgender boys kind of like, they don't get as much open vitriol as a lot of transgender women and girls do, but they get brushed aside. You know, like they don't get taken as seriously, which is a common critique of what women have to go through as a whole, you know, like their opinions don't get mattered as much. They'll say ideas and people brush them aside. And then, um, and then like they'll remember the ideas and another, or a man repeats exactly what a woman says. And then people hear what the man says, even though the woman said it first sort of situation. So that's how I can see it. It like, you know, there's that, you know, underlying theme, that thread that connects everything. And the fact that Karu is a trans boy, a trans man who undergoes, who still undergoes the whole sexism against women in regards to him not getting taken that seriously because he was born as a girl and like he was brushed aside sort of thing. So that's the, that's my sort of rebuttal to that critique. 
But I don't, but once again, if like, I hope that's what the creator's intentions were, including Karu into this group, because if it's not, then it doesn't work as well. And I agree with what everyone's saying, which is like, you know, it doesn't, if it's like girls now, it seems like it's like they're shoehorning him in with girls and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. If the, if the discussion between Uda Ako was more inclusive, saying that they're focusing on both boys and girls suffering from societal repercussions and be driven to commit suicide that would encompass more uh, different people from different walks from life right but yeah no it's like wondering priorities is its own thing it's really really interesting and um and i get why there's a focus on girls not only just because the four main characters are girls but also uh women in japan do commit suicide a lot a lot more than men do in japan and so obviously there are societal reasons behind that and the anime was hoping to explore that and so um but once again there's a whole discussion for it but i still do think karu is an important character and once again, shows you the clear distinction between our prior three characters and versus Lily and Karu, which is they were born biologically as a particular gender, but they very, very much see themselves as the other one, whether it's Lily who refu- who um, insists on being called a girl, treated as a girl, calls herself a girl, and Karu, who's the other end of calling himself a boy and treated as a boy and calling himself Boku and Karu and stuff like that. And so finally, we reach our final character within the transgender characters that we want to highlight, which is Hana from Tokyo Grandfathers. Tokyo Grandfathers is an amazing piece of work, and I feel like not enough people know about it. Would you guys agree? (laughs) Absolutely. It's a great movie by Satoshi Kon. Go watch it. It's so good. Did you watch it, Isabel? Oh yes, absolutely. We highlight. I highlighted that one in our last. We had a Christmas uh, article that came out last. Yeah, yeah. Isabel doing Hana justice. Let's go. Yes, we definitely have to have Tokyo Godfathers in there. So it's a great Christmas movie, honestly. If anyone wants Pinnacle to watch it, mm-hmm. Christmas movie. Yes, yes. Um. Okay. Well, Isabel, Agnes, and I have been doing a lot of talking, so I'm gonna give it I to know. you this time. Talk to us about uh, Hana. <laughs> So uh, Hana is a trans woman character in the movie, and uh, Hana is more closer to a, a drag queen, or at least uh, she was a former drag queen. And um, the reason why is because she was also, you know, raised by drag queens as well, or rather she lived with them for a while, they took them in. And then throughout the movie, you will see her kind of going back to them whenever she needs help or if she has some, um, you know, connections for some reason, the drag queens all have it, and um, and you know, even though she she definitely had um, a job there, you know, she wanted to find her own space and kind of ended up with the other two characters uh, in the movie. And Hana is definitely the one who drives the show. So when they find the baby in the show, she's so motherly. I love she it. Has I the know best that compassion. was so great. Yes. <laughs> Without Hana, the baby would not have survived. Oh, Hana, Hana is like beautiful. She's beautiful, and she's she has such a good soul. And actually, this is a good this is a good uh, thing because you mentioned drag queens, and drag queens are very important to the movie itself. And unfortunately, or maybe not unfortunately, but you know sometimes people uh, get the two uh, get the two terms confused as well. So Agnes, I know you have this prepared. Give us the definition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for a lot of people, the drag queens is 
a fairly popularized term, at least in Western culture. Uh, usually it's implied that they are the opposite sex who cross-dress. And in the Western sense, it's seen as an entertainment persona to entice the audience. So a lot, so most people would know about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race or various drag queens and kings who do a lot of like streaming social media and things like that. Um, but behind the persona, the, the drag queen or king could be somebody who is genderqueer, part of the LGBT community, transgender, or even actually, uh, cis heterosexual, which is basically they agree with their assigned gender at birth and they identify as straight. However, in the Japanese sense, they have a, a term sort of like that, but it's a little bit muddled. Uh, most of you would know it as an okama, uh, which is actually a Japanese slang for homosexual or gay man, or sometimes a trans woman or genderqueer, depending on the sentence context. Mm-hmm. In a lot of anime and video games, surprisingly, okamas are usually depicted as dressing up as drag queens and working at gay men's bars. Uh, the most notable would be Haruhi's father, Ranka in Oren High School Host Club, and actually various of individuals within the Yakuza video game franchise. Um, however, the word Okoma has been slowly being pulled away from the video game industry when it comes to localizing, and slightly viewed as a negative term, but it is a f- much more familiar term in the Japanese culture compared to the word trap, which is very interesting. Very, yeah, no, that is really interesting for sure. So, um, so basically, there is still a difference between transgender people and uh, okamas and drag queen and kings in particular. Just yeah. yeah. So yeah, just because the drag queens and kings and the okamas do identify with the persona, the the person behind the persona, but Hana is a little bit different because Hana sees herself completely as woman. Rather than, and she like dresses up very prettily. She insists that all of the people around her consider herself as female and sees herself as female as well in comparison to many, to like, uh, Ranka, uh, Ranka in, uh, Orn High School Host Club, who is male but bisexual, right? Yes, yes. So that's, that's a difference, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, like, you wanna, you know, hone in on, home in on the, uh, difference, but you just went ahead and did it. So, uh, Subarashi. <laughs> <laughs> everyone give her a round of applause (laughs) so oh thank you thank you um anyway so yeah so hana is an amazing transgender character i know many people in the pride community really really love her and as well as tokyo grandfathers as a whole please everyone watch it if you haven't seen it it's it's really really underrated in my opinion i think it's just a gorgeous gorgeous movie with uh, a gorgeous storytelling and just really lovely characters so um so yeah so that basically sums up our uh three characters that we wanted to compare i hope you guys can actually tell the difference now between these three with astolfo felix and ritsu being very much uh characters that they like in a way they're not so much drag queens you know but in a way they sort of fit that persona and the fact that you know they very much identify with the gender that they're born with they just like cross-dressing slash dressing more in the other uh, other genders clothes and fashion but it's not so much an outside persona or entertainment persona it's actually just how they are um so those are the three so Asafo, felix and ritsu while on the other hand, with Lily, Kaoru, and Hana, is that they genuinely were born in the body of a particular gender that they do not identify as and want to be seen as girls, women for Hana and Lily, and a boy for Kaoru. And there is that very clear distinction 
And hopefully uh, this episode was able to make that distinction a little more clear and why it's really important that you guys don't mix it up, especially with the term of trap, which, you know, the more and more we talked about, the more we realized how harmful of a word it sounds because, you know, not even like the, the supposed like real anime characters that are quote unquote traps, like they're not even trying to trap anyone in the first place. Like they're just, they're just existing. They're just trying to be their own people. So, um, do you guys have any final words in regards to this particular topic, you two? Uh, no, I'm definitely glad Go we had this podcast. Go watch Tokyo Grandfather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> watch that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad we had this podcast because, uh, you know, coming into it, I didn't know too much either. And doing some of the research and talking about the characters, it really opened my eyes. So I hope it was definitely helpful for others as well. Great. And yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, everyone, please watch Tokyo Grandfathers. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And thank you all for listening to us. And I hope you will still be here next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.